You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast with John Hicks. Thanks for joining us this week. You're listening to the Retirement Solution Podcast. I'm Jennifer Perry here with John Hicks. If you have a question for us, there are a couple of easy ways to reach out. Just go online to retirementsolutionradio.com or hit us up on Facebook with your questions for John. Do a search there for the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. You had a big week. Uh, Not only did uh, little Allie have a birthday recently, so did you. I mean, you're another year older. Do you feel it? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, do I ever. So, yeah, every year uh, we call it Gobble Week. So in Thanksgiving week, often there is my anniversary. This past year was my 17th anniversary to my lovely bride, Tennille, who I cannot believe she stuck with me for the first six months. Me neither. Much less 17 years. Right. Uh, And on top of that, my littlest's birthday is three days before my own, and typically Thanksgiving falls in that week. So we typically called it Gobble Week because there's just so much going on all I want to do is have someone else cooking clean for us and uh, and us get out of town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're typically, typically able to do. We try to get down to South Carolina. In the past, we used to do cruises, uh-huh. but you could not catch me on one of those floating Petri dishes any time in the next five more years. Nope. Impossible. <laughs> Poor cruise industry, too, because, man, yeah. I miss it. But, yeah, I'm with you. I can't go quite yet. So it's been a very different year, too, in terms of how we travel. I, it is nice that people are doing more. I've seen more families gathered again for the holiday season this year. Yep, feel a absolutely. little bit safer about that with shots and such. But what about how our economy has changed mm. just this year? I mean, last year was its own different beast, John, but even... Even this year, we've had some significant changes, haven't we? Very much so. And if you kind of think about where we were, now let's all just kind of flash back just a a little bit. So if you think about the beginning of 2020, this is where we had a different administration, right? We had a different president. We had a different cabinet. And what was happening at that point in time, we had an economy that was surging. We had people that were spending capital, making infrastructure changes. We had a group in an economy and small business community that was probably second to none. Then, of course, in March, we went into shutdown mode. Mm -hmm. We had all kinds of calamities from that point in time. We had the Fed that stepped in just so the stock market didn't completely fall apart. And we had a completely different administration that came in through 2021. What we have seen, though, guys, is we've seen, even though the stock market has maintained basically all-time highs uh, throughout the course of the year, we've seen a very constrained issue when it comes to our labor markets. We still can't find people to work at Sonic. Yeah. I mean, for 19 bucks an hour, guys. Come on. But we can't find workers. I'm not even saying skilled. I'm just saying we can't find workers to keep this economy going. At the same time, we've seen inflation go into not just higher than we've seen in, in, in years, basically the second highest we've ever seen it outside of stagflation. Wow. Guys, we're pushing 5.9% inflation for the broad economy. Mm. That is unsustainable unless we want to be paying 52 bucks for a loaf of bread in a year or two. Right. So we have to get that figured out, and we haven't seemed to figure that out yet. Third, we've been talking a lot about how the government's going to pay for all this free crap they're giving everybody. It's like the Oprah Winfrey show. You get a free car. You get a free car. You get a free car. Except for that all that's paid for by the sponsors of that show. Mm -hmm. Guess who the sponsors of the U.S. government show are, guys? Uh, We are. Yeah. We are. And so when you look at that, that is going to have a completely different issue. 
That's why we've seen people talk about taxing the rich. Well, I know that over the past several weeks, I've been telling us, hey, listen, if you've saved better than 532 grand, you're in the top 10% median account in the United States. Congratulations. Welcome you are to rich. the top 10%. And by, by the way, that's one out of, that you're one out of 10. That would put you in the top. That means you're rich. Congratulations. They want to tax the rich. So when we look at all those types of things, those have been very uncomfortable for us. And yet, the stock market is getting close and hovering to these all-time highs, and who knows when that is going to stop. But here's the one thing I have to say about this, Jennifer. I'm happy that the market has not fallen apart yet, but I'm going to be very cognizant in the fact that when you look over all periods of history, guys, there is only one period of history that is more expensive for the market. If you're buying into the market today, the most expensive point in time that we've ever been was actually in 2000, right before the dot-com bust. And I want us to flash back because 2008, we weren't even nearly as expensive as we are right now in the stock market. But in 2000, we were just 7% higher for cost as we are right now. Only 7% higher. And guys, that started a three-year sell-off that lost the NASDAQ 84% over the course of three years. Wow. And it lost the S&P 500, which is primarily the large, you know, the broad market, mm -hmm. lost it over 52% in that period of time. But it didn't just happen in one year. It happened over the course of three. So it's like you look at that first year and your statement's down 11%. And you're like, oh, Bethany, I may have screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> and even if she was on Ted's side, she's like, well, Ted, it's okay. I'm sure you're a genius in finances. You just leave it there for one more year. <laughs> And what happened in 2001? After 2000, 2001 was down another 11%. And now they're starting to look at each other. Oh, I don't know if we can stay retired, Bethany. I don't know. And that's when she's starting to think to herself, I should have married that other guy and moved to Jacksonville. I should have done it. And that wasn't even the end of it, guys. It took a third year. And in that third year, it lost another 20 plus percent. And most people lost half of their life savings. And it took three years to do it. Mm. We are right neck and neck with the cost of the stock market now as we were back then. And most people have been riding it high. Yep. Woo, John, I put a saddle on this stallion. I'm running this sucker until it's dead. <laughs> and the problem is, is that that's kind of what exactly might happen. We might not see this horse, you know, it has nothing to do with winning another race. What if it just collapses and dies halfway around the last track? Right. We don't know if we're there yet, but if you look at what the current administration is doing, combined with the inflation fears, complying with the labor shortage, comply with still we don't have this stupid pandemic done with yet. We still have all these dumb rules. So you put all that together, I am very nervous about this broad economy and what we need to be looking at as far as safeguarding our money from a market failure. Now here's, I'm not saying the market's going down, but this might be the perfect time, Jennifer, for us to consider profit rotation. Profit rotation. Okay, how does this work, John? So when we're kind of looking at kind of how things have gone over the course of this year, here's what I want us to do. I don't want us to be too greedy because when we're looking at the second most expensive market, and by the way, we are 31% more expensive than we were in 1929 mm. before the 1929 crash that caused the Great Depression. Wow. So that's why I want to paint this picture. Since 1881, we're the second most expensive we've ever been. We need to look at what we have our money invested in, Jennifer, and we need to find out, hey, should I take some a little bit of profits off the table? Should I rotate some of these high flyers that have killed it for me this year and done so well? Should I pull some of that off the table so that the house can't take that 
away from me. Yeah. That's profit rotation. Okay. It's looking at those high flyers and going ahead and pulling off those crazy awesome profits and putting it in a spot so that if the market does tank, we at least have protection of some of those profits. The house can't take it all away from us. Guys, it's so simple. And yet, so few of us do it. That's why I have to talk about it yeah. all the time. Profit rotation is a mandatory part of how we deal with a lot of our strategic investments. We want to make sure that yes, we want to make it th we want to make all the money we can, but once we feel like we've hit that number, we don't want to be greedy. Because mm -hmm. bulls and bears, Jennifer, can both make money, but pigs get slaughtered. Yeah. We want to make sure that we're rotating, that even if greed is good for this moment, we want to rotate that out so that we can't lose too much of what we gained. Guys, especially if we're in three to five years of retirement, believe it or not, there are many strategies that exist that we can retire earlier than we thought, or we can retire with more income than we thought as long as we don't have too much of a tremendous downturn. So look at your risk, look at where you are and just find out, can someone help you with profit rotation so that you can lock in a better future? And so for our listeners out there, John, when they're opening their investment statements, perhaps uh, hopefully at the year end, kind of taking a look at where they stand right now, even you and I have compared notes off the year and, and looked at our own investment statements. And we we're looking at particular holdings and saying, wow, I can't believe that did this well this year. Sure. Those are the things where we might want to consider profit rotation, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at a couple of my holdings and I like them. I've held them for more than a year. So it's short-term capital gains. I made two and 300% in some things. Man. And, wow. and by the way, my IQ has gone <laughs> up point for point for every amount that that stock's gone up. Yep. But I'm at the point where I'm realizing, man, I never thought I would get to here. If I pull that off the table, would I still be okay? And what I realized is yes. And that's why I have the artificial intelligence on my own portfolio to help me automatically do profit rotation. Because otherwise, I would look at those positions and say, look how smart I am. <laughs> and of course, until I get kicked in the butt. And yep. then I don't have those profits. And my wife looks at me and says, Mm-hmm. I thought so. <laughs> and guys, that's what that's what I'm trying. Profit rotation just keeps my wife from often going, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought so. Like what you hear? Be sure to hit the subscribe button. And thanks for listening to the Retirement Solution with John Hicks. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. J. Hagen Capital is a registered investment advisor. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Incorporated is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance products and annuities offered through John Hicks. Kentucky Insurance License Number 99882. 